Today I want to look at a, a story in the Bible. Um, it's a story of Jesus meeting a woman at the well. And I want to read um, John, the first nine verses. It says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, that he left Galilee and, or left Judea and departed to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Joseph's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You know, this, this area, it was called Samaria, and, and these folks that lived there were Samaritans. And these folks were Israelites who had settled there when the tribes were dispersed, and, and they settled in this area of Samaria. But what had happened was they allowed foreigners to intermarry with their people and their wives. And at first they worshipped um, these idols, but later they were instructed by the law of Moses, and they still retained a lot of these idolatrous customs. And they actually had a mountain where they worshipped. They didn't go to Jerusalem and worship. They actually had their own mountain. Well, because of all this, obviously the Jews who worshipped in Jerusalem considered themselves doing it right, and the Samaritans were kind of this lost renegade bunch that were doing things they shouldn't be doing and so what we see is that these people were outcasts they were despised looked down on um, just people that you just didn't want to be around and so we have a situation where Jesus comes to this well and here's a woman who among Samaritans she's an out she's she's one of the worst she's one of the worst so Jesus sits down and he sits down at a well. Now, wells were places where people gathered and, and spent time together. They you know, you ever, had to get their water morning, evenings. You know, they spent time. I, I suppose to me it's a picture of maybe a Walmart or a restaurant or something where people gathered and, and chit-chatted. And, and, uh, but this woman, because of being so despised, she's there in the heat of the day at noon. Because she doesn't, she doesn't go when the rest of the people go. She's, she goes at noon. And we know that Jesus, he's been walking. And in those days, you know, they walked everywhere. And I'm sure if you walked, you were tired and dusty and dirty. And I don't know about you, but, you know, tired, dusty, and dirty sounds like, you know, i probably not always in the best frame of mind when I'm tired, dusty, and dirty. You know, maybe not looking to talk to some woman who's despised by everybody. But here we find Jesus. He asks her for a drink. He asks her for a drink. And this woman, she's, she's surprised because she's a Samaritan and she's an outcast among them. And here's Jesus coming and saying, can you get me a drink? And so he's having contact with this woman. He's having a chance to, to share with her, to get acquainted, what he might say, maybe... Um, have an opportunity, or maybe maybe he's just thirsty and wants a drink, you know. 
And he asks her if she's willing to do that. And so the woman is surprised because she says, why are, why are you asking me, a Samaritan, for a drink? She, she knows, and I'm sure she's been told lots of times. I'm sure she's been told of who she is and where she's from. She's been told what she's done. You know how, you know how we tag people? Just this week, um, somebody was telling us that they uh, were having trouble in school. The teacher didn't like them. And Mary, you know, she's asking, well, what makes you think the teacher doesn't like you? Well, she had my sister. (laughs) She was tagged before she got there. Okay. Sometimes that happens, folks. We tag people. We get tags whether maybe whether we maybe we deserve them, maybe we don't. This woman knew that she was despised. She knew she was a Samaritan. She knew what she had done, and she says, you're asking me for a drink? And then in verse 10, it's interesting. You know, a lot of times in Scripture, Jesus didn't answer the right, you know, you can ask him a question. He didn't answer it. He didn't answer what you said. She says, "Um, you being a Jew, ask a drink for me, and here's what Jesus said. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Jesus says, you know, he kind of tells me, he says, well, actually, you don't understand, folk, lady. You know, you don't understand. He says, if you knew who I was, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't ask me for a drink. You would ask me for living water. And, of course, the woman, she's, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't get it, obviously, you know, at that point in time. And so she doesn't understand, and so she says, well, sir, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? And are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? So she doesn't get it. And she goes, living water? If you can't, you don't even have any way to draw. This well is deep. And how are you going to get living water? So she doesn't understand. You know, she's, she's thinking in terms of actual water, that maybe there's some better water somewhere deeper or something. And she doesn't understand. And then we see Jesus answers and says to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, talking about the well. You drink of this water, you're going to thirst again because you're going to need another drink and another drink and another drink. And then he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will come in him like a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. And so Jesus, you know, he's talking to her that he says, this water is temporary. But he says, I've got something to give you that will last forever. Something that will last forever. He says it will become like a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Remember last week, or it was two weeks ago, maybe we talked about the Holy Spirit. He says, like, rivers of living water flowing. You know, it's a, a little bit like that. He says, there's going to be a fountain within you that's going to spring up to everlasting life. He says, I can give you something that's going to give you water that you're going to live forever. And the, and the woman says, well, sir, give me this water that I don't have to thirst and never come here to draw. She goes, hey, this is really cool. She says, he's going to give me something inside of me that's going to flow and I'll never have to drink again. You know, she still doesn't get it. She still doesn't get it. She can't, she has no concept of what he's talking about. 
I wonder how many times Jesus speaks to us and we have no concept of what he's talking about. I wonder how many times we try to put it in our own, our own understanding and our own ways of thinking about things and, and Jesus is talking about something that's spiritual. And we, have no, we, just, don't, we just don't get it. And that's, that's what this woman was saying. He says, well, then that'd be great that I wouldn't have to come here and draw again. And then out of the clear blue in verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Now, you know, again, you know, all of a sudden he says, um, go get your husband and have him come. And the woman answers, says, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, well, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one who you are now with is not your husband, in that you tr- spoke truly. So he asked her, he says, go get your husband. And the woman says, well, I don't have a husband. She didn't tell him the whole story. And Jesus, Jesus, knowing everything and knowing our thoughts and our heart and our intents of our heart, he knows what's going on. So he says to the woman, he says, well, you've had five husbands, actually. And the one you live with is not your husband. Now, think about it for a minute. Get the picture. Jesus has come to a spot at a well. The lady's a Samaritan who is despised by the Jews. You're not supposed to be talking to her. You should have nothing to do with her. You should not be hanging around this woman. Jesus sits down at the well and asks her for a drink, which that's, you do not do that. Not only is she a Samaritan, the woman's had five husbands, and she's living with one that's not her husband now. She's an adulterer. Now, Jesus is sitting down at a well with a Samaritan who's an adulterer, hanging around with the wrong crowd. Big time. Big time. This does, this does not look good. This is not who he ought to be hanging around. You, you know, we kind of got to get the picture here, you know, of what's going on. And Jesus is willing to sit down with this woman. And so in verse 19, the woman says to him, well, sir, I, you know, after what he just said, she goes, well, I think you're a prophet. I perceive you're a prophet. You know, wow, how did you know? Well, you couldn't have known all that unless God told you. I perceive you're a prophet. And then she says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, remember? Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. We don't go to Jerusalem. Our fathers worship on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place to worship where, where one ought to worship. And so she says, you know, there's something spiritual about you. And she says, our fathers worship on this mountain. The Jews say you ought to go to this place in Jerusalem. I detect you're a prophet. She's kind of trying to figure all this out. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Verse 21, Jesus says to her, woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Interesting. He says, he says the time's coming. When it's, you're not going to worship on that mountain or you're not going to worship in Jerusalem. But he says, you worship what you do not know. We worship for the salvation. We, we know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. 
God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so Jesus now says, he says, this, it's not going to be a place. It's not going to be up here over there. He says, it's going to be people who worship in spirit and in truth. Where can you do that? Well, you can do that wherever there's people with God's spirit within them. It's not, it's not going to be a place. The time's coming when God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so the woman says to him, I know the Messiah is coming. So now, now she's going, well, wow. You know, I know, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. Wow. Jesus now tells her, he says, she says, well, wow, you know, you talk like a prophet. And she says, I know the Messiah is coming. And, and then Jesus says, well, that's me. So then at this point, the disciples, in verse 27, the disciples come and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? And I'll bet you the disciples, you know, it says they were surprised he talked with a woman. And I'll bet you they were surprised that he talked with that woman. You know, a Samaritan, an outcast, a despised one, somebody you stay away from. A woman who was, she wasn't a nice lady. And so then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city. And when she did, she says to the men, she says, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? What, what happened through all this? Jesus sat down with somebody, accepted somebody, willingly loved somebody, did not judge the lady. He told her the truth about herself. He told her who she was. He told her what she had done. And then he reached out to her. He reached out to her. He was willing to take that time to talk to her and say, I'm the Messiah. And when she went, what struck that lady? What's, what, in all of that talk, what spoke to her heart? She said, she went back and she says, he knows everything about me and still loves me. He knows everything about you and still loves you. That's amazing. He knows everything about us and still loves us. And I believe that it says to us, I believe there's a lesson to us in this. What does it say to us? I believe it says to us that as we go out, and as we have opportunity to be around people, it is not for us to decide who we love. It is not for us to decide who's worthy of our love and his love. We can know, you know, sometimes when we know about people, do you know we know too much sometimes? Sometimes we know too much. We know too much about somebody. And usually we call that their past, the things from the past. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything necessarily, but sometimes, sometimes we know too much. We make 
judgments about people. Judgments could be true. You know, Jesus, I don't know that he didn't even make a judgment about this lady. He just told her fact up what she was. He says, well, you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with is not, is not your husband. That's just, he, he didn't, he knew it. He just said, this is how it is. But what we have to be careful of is we don't let what we know keep us from sharing God's love with somebody. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we call it prejudice. We're prejudiced against somebody. We're prejudiced about maybe what we've heard about them or what they've done to us or what they did to somebody else or we know their past or we know this and we know that and, and we're prejudiced and, well, I don't, I don't want to associate with them. I don't want to talk to them. What if we get opportunity? What if we get opportunity? Here's my, my take on it, you know. I think that most of the time, people who know what they've done, who know their past, are more easy to talk to than people that think they've always done it right. That's my take on it. You know, Jesus said he comes for the sick. You know, he doesn't come for the people who are well. He comes for those that know they have a need. This woman knew she had a need. She didn't know what the answer was. She didn't, she, didn't know, she didn't know exactly what she was looking for, and she probably wasn't really looking for anything. She was there to get a drink. Here comes somebody that's willing to share with her and say, you know, I got something better than this water. And she listened. And she listened to what he said. I believe there's times in our lives when we'll have opportunity to be able to sit down with somebody, not necessarily at a well, but to sit down with somebody, have opportunity to share with somebody, it may, be, it may be in a whole different circumstance, which it probably will be. But we'll have opportunity if we're willing not to be prejudiced and say somehow that I don't think they're worthy. Because, you know, we know, we, we say in Scripture, well, we know that God died for us when we didn't deserve it. We always say that. We know that's what Scripture says. But how do we treat somebody? How do we treat those that we maybe come in contact with? Do we say, oh, I can't talk to them because you know what people would think? You know, Jesus' own disciples kind of wondered. They kind of wondered what was going on. But I believe we can have opportunity to share his love with them if we don't say well somehow in my mind I don't think they're worthy somehow in my mind I don't think they're worthy you know we just saying mercy mercy what is mercy mercy is showing God's love to somebody when they don't deserve it Mercy is giving somebody a break when they don't deserve it. One of the, what are the, one of the things in the church we tend to want to do? We tend to want to give them the law. We tend to want to give them the law. Well, here's what you ought to be doing. Well, you know, if you'd straighten up. Well, you know, if you didn't do, you know, we tend to want to tell them the law. We don't want to show mercy. Now, I'm not saying condone. I'm saying show mercy. 
realize that a person in that condition needs God's love and mercy. They don't need the law. The law only shows us that we need mercy. Most of the time, people know that. This woman didn't argue with the fact that she had five husbands and the one she lived with wasn't her. She didn't argue. She didn't argue that point. There was no argument. She goes, wow, he knows that. And he still loved me. He still loved me. And I believe that's what impacts people's lives. To know that God loves me the way I am. And that he helps me to become what he wants me to be. And I can trust him for that. I can trust him. So we should too. We should too. We should be able to show mercy to people. We should show love to them, compassion. We should show them what it means to receive God's love. And then let God work. Let God work on the things he wants to do. You know, it's, it's awful hard to try to be a Christian without the Spirit of God dwelling within you. It's a pretty big struggle. And actually, I don't think we have any right to put that on somebody. You know, to expect somebody to be a Christian, we don't have the Spirit of God dwelling within them to help them do that. The first thing they need is God's Spirit dwelling within them. They need to receive Him and His love and forgiveness and mercy then they want to become what God wants them to be. You know, Jesus said, let him who's out the sin cast the first stone. You know, who, who can point fingers, you know? And so I think as Christians, we need to take a lesson from this lady and realize that, you know, what, what, what drew her to Jesus was the fact that he loved me, even though he knew everything about me. He knew everything I'd ever done. There was nothing hid, and he still loved me. And I pray that we can have that kind of love, that kind of love, to be able to love people, love people, no matter what we know about them, love them. Share the truth, but love them, but love them. The difference is, I think, sometimes condemnation. You know, we're not to condemn anybody. We're to love them. Honestly, folks, people that live in sin already feel condemned. I really believe that. If they don't feel condemned, then they're probably to a whole point of where their hearts are hardened to the point that they just aren't. And that's possible too. But most of the time, people, I believe, already feel condemned from what I see. Most people would say, well, this, I know what I do. And most, a lot of people say, I know where I'm going. I mean, if you ever talk, I, you know, I get maybe opportunity, but, you know, people say, well, I know I'm going to a bad place because I haven't been. I mean, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. They'll just flat out say, well, that's my destiny. But then we have opportunity, opportunity to show love and grace and mercy and tell them where they can get living water, water that will give them life and life eternal. And that should be our message. That should be our message. Message of hope message of forgiveness, message of grace and mercy. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to remember that we're vessels of your love and mercy in this world today. Lord, your spirit dwells in us, and so 
you ask us to share that with others the way you did for that woman at the well. And so, Lord, fill us with love. Fill us with your mercy, your grace, your compassion for those around us. Lord, help us to be sensitive to opportunities where we may have opportunity to share that love with somebody. Somebody that feels like they've failed. Somebody that feels like they've messed up. Somebody that's struggling. Lord, help us to be vessels of hope. And Lord, we thank you for your living water that springs forth within us and gives us eternal life. Lord, I pray that you just minister to our hearts. Lord, if there's anyone here today that does not know you, Lord, help them to receive you by your spirit, that that living water might well up within them, that your spirit dwells within them when they receive you and what you've done for them on the cross. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray if anyone needs prayer today that you just encourage them to come up and and just uh, let Pam and Tom or Rose and Jim pray for them or or maybe they get came with somebody or around somebody that might pray for them lord we just we just pray you'd encourage them to receive prayer and encouragement lord we thank you for your love for each and every one of us or we just ask you to dismiss us now with your blessing we just pray this in jesus name and everybody said amen oh today today we pick up